Hi again, Adrian from the Sophie's team here, and Renault's with me too. Hi, Adrian. Is everything all right? Good, thank you. Not enjoying the winter up here in uh, Northern Europe, obviously. <laughs> it's uh, pretty cold and and grey and and wet, as I was talking to you off air about. But uh, mm. hey, that's the way it is. You've got to take with the rough with the smooth. Uh, in the summer, it's pretty nice. So right. uh, I guess I'll I'll take it. And uh, yeah, Hong Kong as well. I'm sure it's uh, a little bit more stable and nicer temperatures. Yeah, nicer temperatures for sure. Yeah, best time of the year. Yeah, November, yeah. December. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, all the all the Chinese New Year's stuff should be coming up uh, quite soon as well. So you get all the fun of Christmas and then followed really quickly with Chinese New Year. Yeah, very quick this time. Correct. Yeah. Yes, it's uh, it's going to be a bit blurred together. Let's see. Yeah, which, which, by the way, we did a podcast episode about Chinese New Year and how to prepare for it quite recently. So, uh, yeah, if you're wondering how that might impact your business, just check that out. Go back a few episodes and uh, check it out. So, yeah, today's topic is I wanted to get an idea of what makes up the cost of these inspections and how can we potentially reduce costs if we need to. Because if you do order inspections... There are, you could do a lot or you could only do a few. So the costs, your your QC inspection costs can vary quite a bit. So as somebody that might want to order them, you might be thinking, well, how how do I know what makes up these costs and and Mm -hmm. how they get to the level they get to? So that's where we're going with this today, Renaud. Right. Well, there's basically two responses to that. First is, it depends a lot about your product and your orders and things like that you know things due to you Mm. uh, and how your products are designed and so on and what kind of supplier you work with right and then there's the inspection process itself and there's a number of little tweaks uh, that that you might do that can can could cost quite a bit but then the the question sometimes is is it a good trade-off to reduce inspection inspections and um, increase the risk and maybe you know run the risk of not detecting a very big problem that's going to be very expensive right but mm. uh, first so the, the first first answer is is really depends on on things from your side right as the on the buyer side one element of this is the product maybe another element of that is is, is the the order uh, how it's spread out uh, in different models and so on. So the the product itself, well, if it is a simple product and it it comes out, you know, big parts of it just come out of a mold, for example, well, you're not going to be too afraid of, let's say, dimensional variation or, or, or even aesthetic variations. If it all comes out of a mold, if they do the, the setup properly at the beginning, well, probably all, you know, the whole run would be okay, right? Probably, right? There's, the more features a product has, obviously, the more things can go wrong, right? Uh, so this is really, really um, uh, a big thing. But let's say you already designed your product and so on, or it's, supplier design product you just distribute okay you don't really have choice here all right mm. next thing is 
maybe um, do you know what is really important on your product? <laughs> so different kinds of buyers have different requirements. Maybe you, you buy like uh, class three medical devices, like heart implant or something like that. Well, it's just got to function all the time, right? So um, there's a very heavy emphasis on, on function and reliability, right? Uh, but aesthetics, well, aesthetics for aesthetics' uh, sake, who cares, right? Whereas if you buy at the other extreme, um, I don't know, a, a, a giveaway T-shirt, just going to be worn maybe once and then who cares? Maybe people are going to, you know, put it on when they do gardening and until they yeah, throw yeah, it away, yeah. right? Well, in that case, what's really important is, hey, the logos got to be the right color <laughs> and the right size and placed at the right play, you know, in the right position. And, and basically people really don't care much about all the rest. Okay. Um, so what is actually important for your product? You got to, to know about that, right? We have clients who um, document a few things, send that to us, and then, you know, after an inspection, they ask, "Oh, but wait a minute, you, um, you know, you, uh, there's this problem, but uh, how come you didn't tell us?" And we're like, "We have no clue. That's a problem for you because for some yeah. other, for some other clients, it's not a problem at all." Um, so people very often lack the, um, how to say, um, they, they need to take a few steps back. They, they lack perspective about um, what's really important on their product and what might not be considered very important by the manufacturer or by an inspector who really you never met and you never explained things to and so on. So you get to explain these things. Uh, you you get to emphasize that, okay? So that's really um, very very important. And if you don't know what to check, well, then the inspector is going to check everything <laughs> by default, right? So let's say let's take the example of a bike. Well, a bike's a bike. You might think, well, it's not that complicated, but you can pick you know three hundred things to check on a bike. Uh, the, the the way this works and that works and the dimension of this and the way this fits into that and, and so on and so forth. Mm. You you can really make a list of 300 checkpoints often. All right. But is it worth sending an inspector and being, you know, whatever, three days of work because you want them to check 300 checkpoints on a number of samples? Probably not. So you need to, mm. you need to think what's the right trade-off here? Okay, these things are die-cast and they're all the same, so maybe we ask them to check just one piece. And this one is is affixed manually, assembled manually, so we need to, to check more maybe for gaps or, or any, you know, other uh, potential defects and so on. You need, you need to think about that and you need to, um, to clarify what the inspector should pay uh, more attention to. And, mm. and, and really, what should be totally ignored during the inspection, right? Because otherwise somebody else is going to make that call. Oh, and yeah. again, you know what's important in your product more than the, the, the inspector and probably also more than the manufacturer, okay? Mm -hmm. So what we're talking about 
the, the, the drivers of inspection costs on the buyer's side. Another one is the, the ordering patterns. So if you buy one product, one model in one color, you know, uh, and you buy 20,000 pieces at a time, well, the cost of inspection not going to be very high. But if you place orders of 2,000 pieces across a dozen SKUs, you know, with different sizes and different colors and, and maybe different materials and so on, hey, somebody's going to have to check all these different models and somebody's going to have to check the labeling and the packing and all the things that vary based on all these uh, all these, these variations of the product. Mm. Right? So this would directly uh, lead to a lot more uh, time to inspect the same uh, same quantity of products, right? Yeah. Now, it, it's it's relatively common to maybe skip some of the colors or some of the SKUs, you know, and to uh, to pick some a little bit at random or maybe okay, at least one in uh, in leather and at least one in PU and at least one uh, with that uh, that little hat and 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 this and that. So you kind of try to cover each uh, kind of product, including the most complex one, let's say. Um, so it, inspectors don't have to to check every variation, but still, it it does add you know a lot of extra work. Plus, also, mm. I mean, it makes everything longer. In inspection, people have to to count things in the in the warehouse, maybe, or or in the production line, and spend more time also picking the 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 different models. All of that really multiplies the time of the of the inspection. Okay, and the last thing uh, that's under the buyers control is really the choice of the the manufacturing facilities and how good they are right i mm. i guess i don't really need to expand on that but it should be pretty obvious that a really good manufacturer doing the assembly and then some really good manufacturers picked for for example the display the battery the the the, uh, the pcba you know all the critical components or, or whatever components or materials are, are critical to you well that would tend to be much safer, right? Than the the mom and pop uh, little workshop, some kind of garage, putting things together and closing cartons and shipping them to you, right? There's sure. a very big difference. So one of that is on the buyer side, right? And then second topic that I think most people have in mind when they think inspection cost is the inspection process itself, right? Mm. So do you check 100% of the products? Typically, people don't do that, except pilot run pre-series of uh, certain types of products or like jewelry, expensive, you know, like watches and things like that. Vehicles, you know, if you order um, cars or buses, probably want to uh, have someone inspect 100% of them. It doesn't mean check them on 100% of the checkpoints and so on, but have a look at every single one of them, right? But for most consumer goods, not very pricey, makes more sense to do random inspection. And there are some statistics mm. about that and so on. So you, uh, we, we wrote about the um, ISO 2859-1, which is the most common one that people tend to use. Uh, not necessarily the best, but... Um, the one that also Asian suppliers are most used to, uh, and 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 the AQL limits and what it means and so on. Um, 
and I guess we can uh, we can link to that from uh, you know in in the show notes. Yeah. So um, there is really sort of a science to how to pick random uh, you know samples at random and and then how to draw a conclusion about the entire population, right? Another big question is: Should you check every single batch as the buyer, or should you do uh, skip lot inspections? So, mm-hmm. if you work with a manufacturer, you know, stable factory, stable manufacturing process, stable product, and you get some good, uh, good performance, you know, a track record of past inspections, then you might want to skip some of the inspections. Now, do you tell the manufacturer in advance which one will take place or not take place? Maybe not. Maybe you want to keep an element of surprise. Or maybe you want to, to do inspections on the, the big orders only or special promotion with special packaging, you know, whenever there's something special. Uh, that's up to you. There's different ways to, to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, another one, I should mention it first, sorry, is... Should you do inspections close to the source, like in the factory that that makes you know that does the work, or should you do it as an incoming inspection in your own warehouse or facility or maybe your own factory, right? So, like for example, at Agilian, okay, we do some assembly of some products in in Dongguan, and then we have some mm-hmm. suppliers. Let's say maybe they're in Shenzhen and ship to us. So we have a contract with them, Chinese company to Chinese company. Very often we haven't paid them in full, uh, so we still have some leverage. If there are some problems, we call them and we say, hey, there's a big problem, come and have a look. And we block everything and then maybe they take it back, they rework it or they reproduce or something. In many cases, especially if it's repeat business and suppliers that we have vetted and everything, fine, no need to send inspectors to their place. Now, Take the opposite case, maybe you, um, you're developing a pretty complex product and uh, you're going to get it in, um, in a warehouse in, uh, in, in, uh, in Nevada, in the US. Well, do you wait until the, the, the products get into your warehouse? Probably not. Mm. And actually, you might even want to get the products, not just the finished products inspected, but also the, some of the critical components. Maybe you want to do an inspection on maybe the display and the PCBA uh, at least the first time, right? Mm. Uh, so you go not only to your tier one supplier, but also to tier two suppliers, manufacturing places, if it's not all in-house uh, at the at the final uh, manufacturing place. So that's a big one because if you, if you have people doing incoming QC, maybe one person can do a lot of work and, uh, but, but, if you send people to different factories in China, in, in India, and so on, well, that might be a much, much higher budget, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so we mentioned that. We mentioned random sampling versus 100% check. We mentioned regularly every batch versus skip lot. When it comes to random sampling, there's some uh, some knobs you can turn, sort of, you know, some settings you can adjust. Uh, in theory, you work with good suppliers that have a good track record. You go maybe to uh, uh, different severity, reduce severity, or if they're bad, maybe uh, tighten severity. 
Uh, and then if you decide that maybe the product risk is not very high, then you have levels, you know, level one, two, three, or even special levels for for smaller sampling. Uh, the typical example is if you buy uh, uh, ammunition, you know, cartridges, maybe for, for guns, well, <laughs> if you have to shoot the cartridge every time uh, to see if it's good, uh, you, you know, you're going to waste a lot of cartridges maybe and maybe that's mm. expensive so you might go with um, a special level to to go to to check a smaller proportion of the of, of the wool batch quantity right that's typical for um, destructive tests also for very time consuming tests like for example you buy um you buy an android smartphone in uh, in shenzhen and, and you say well we have to do a full function check and then the inspector's gonna say, wait a minute. Like I might have a week of work to go through every single function. Okay, okay, sorry. So you need to check this, 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 this in depth. Okay. Well, that's already a lot of time. So maybe I can do it only on five or ten pieces at the same time, but you know, that's it. Um not gonna be able to do it on on, on one hundred pieces, let's say. Right? Mm. Uh so that's very time consuming. Uh so these are sort of little knobs, you know, severity, the level. Including for each checkpoint, right? As I mentioned, some of them may be destructive, for example. So you, um, you, you do these checkpoints on a smaller sampling while maybe you follow general level two, which is the one generally recommended for visual check, right? So you do a visual check, look for defects. Uh, you have, I don't know, um, ceramic mugs and then you, you look at them for, uh, black points, uh, black dots and, and, and things like that. And you um, you classify them and everything, but that's just a visual, quick visual check for visual defects. Um, or if you have again a smartphone, you might turn it on and get it to I don't know play a melody or something. That's a very quick, basic function test. Or maybe you 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 put a, a SIM card inside, you turn it on, and then you see if you can connect, and and you get a quick call, right? Uh, that. That could be a very quick test, um, and then if it doesn't work, boom, that's you know counted as a defect, right? Mm. Um, I also yeah also talked about the number of checkpoints about let's say the bike. You could have two hundred and fifty or three hundred checkpoints on a bike, but do you really need to check three hundred checkpoints on a bike? As long as you you look at them, the, you know it looks good. You do a little ride. It feels good. It breaks nicely. Uh, you compare it with a, a proof sample, sort of visually, everything looks fine. Well, maybe a dozen checkpoints, you know, uh, usually that's too, too few, but for a very good supplier, maybe a dozen checkpoints is enough, you know, mm. if there's a very good track record. So the number of checkpoints quite important. And then maybe the last thing I want to mention here is that the inspection process is a process and doing some some engineering work makes it better and faster right mm. process improvement also applies here so for example when um when i was doing some work in the auto industry um it was quite common to see some nice go no go gauges and checking fixtures and things like that so Basically, when the product is developed, 
to satisfy the, the PPAP. So it's like a list of requirements from the buyer side, right? They would, um, the, the, the suppliers of the parts of the, of the components that go in a, in a car would not only, of course, design the parts, make prototypes, do some performance testing and things like that. So pretty basic. They would also define how it's going to be tested, how to make sure it's, you know, the measurement system is good and so on. And one of the things that they, they would do is they would actually validate the fact that, yeah, it can be checked relatively fast and uh, there's not many false positives or false negatives. Mm-hmm. And they would, um, often the, the buyer would push them or the quality, you know, quality, uh, like supplier quality um, engineers would push them to, um, to, to prepare some, some tooling often relatively simple. Um, for example, you have a checking fixture to, to confirm that the part is dimensionally correct. Well, you, you have the part, put it in the fixture, you snap a few things and you see if it fits nicely, right? Or if something is loose or, or, or too tight or whatever. It's a very quick dimensional check. Now, mm. um, it's, it, it's pass or no pass, right? You don't collect a lot of data. But at least if something is no good, it would be put aside. It would be detected, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's all kinds of smart gauges and, and, and things. Obviously, on a podcast, I can't really show any example, but <sighs> um, there's a, all kinds of things can be done. But this takes some engineering, right? And um, for a lot of products, people ask us sometimes, well, you know, whatever, the clip has to have this this like force, but not too much, not too little and things like that. And they say, well, we don't even know how to test that. So they get a little bit nervous and they think, oh, I should, I should be there, you know, but obviously these days it's not easy for buyers to fly to China and, and they wonder, you know, how to communicate that to the manufacturer, how to set a standard, you know, and how to make sure the inspectors will know what my standard is. But very often you're not the first one to have this, um, this kind of headache and mm. with a little bit of search uh, a few hours searching for some uh, some testing and, and measuring devices and a little bit of, uh, of of thinking often we can find some um some devices and very often it's it's not that expensive uh you know so uh, you buy the the fixture to to keep the part and you 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 buy the the measuring device you pay for calibration and might cost, you know, $300, $400 or something. But then you have a repeatable objective way of confirming that a part is within standard or not within standard. I mean, this is gold and sometimes mm-hmm. a very critical issue. Uh, and people very often don't think about that. And then they, they ask us to do this kind of test and that kind of test. And you take a caliper like this and you try to, blah, 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 you know, and it, and it takes time. It takes a lot of time. Um, mm. But you would save a lot of time, actually, to to get the right measurement instrument or gauge or whatever prepared, get it in place in production. The manufacturer should should use it in their own testing and inspection. And then you have an inspector coming in and, and do the checks and, 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 um, and it should take much less time, right? Uh, maybe you don't need to check as many pieces because you 
kind of trust the manufacturer to have done it already. And then you should mm. have one also in your facility to double check samples that are sent to you and do your own little incoming quality control, of course. Right. Mm. Um, but that's, um, that's also something people overlook, but it is a process and the inspection process can be improved. Mm. So, uh, yeah, there, there you go. Great. This really reminds me of a topic that I spoke with Andrew about recently, the pay me now or pay me later. I mean, doing doing inspections and spending money on inspections, even if that amount seems to increase and uh, it's more than perhaps you initially thought, it's kind of a, a classic case of pay me now rather than, you know, pay a lot to put right quality issues that could have been avoided. Oh, yeah. Well, first, yeah. Pay now to pick a good supplier mm. that has a good quasi system and so on, you know, audit them and so on. Pay now to to work on the design of the product, review it, think of potential issues and so on, do some testing. Pay now to um to get some close follow up during the development and the pilot runs and the first batch production and so on to to detect the issues and fix them early. And then when you're in mass production, pay now to have a little bit of monitoring of what's going on. Mm. Because if you don't pay now at these stages, wow, you you, yeah. you might have to, to pay a lot. Some of our clients just had to completely close because they had such big issues that, that were so expensive, really blew up in their faces, uh, delivering maybe yep. to a key customer and even, and and, mm. and then everything went back to them. I mean, it's it's pay now or, or pay later, you know, if you can. Mm. So talk about you know safety recalls. Yeah, that has driven more than one company out of business. So, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Andrew said himself he worked for mm. a business a long time ago. Uh, it, this mm. was that it had damaging reviews from customers that nearly sent it under. Right, so, and, right, right. Yeah, you know, because it only takes Absolutely. only takes a second to leave a bad review, but how do you clear up that mess when it lasts forever? Right. Oh yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, Andrew's uh, episode uh, was mm-hmm. was um, spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, I hope that's given everybody listening uh, an insight into how inspections are kind of structured in terms of the process, but also how the cost is built. It's impossible to just give a dollar cost, right? We can't. We can't say, well, inspections are going to cost a thousand dollars or whatever, right? Mm. That it, because it's right. it's going to vary depending on your needs and your projects. But at least, Renault, I think you've given a good insight into the different activities and checks that can go into somebody's inspection. I don't know. Should I say portfolio? plan you know something like this uh, and and obviously those are going to affect cost and some tips on you know how you might be able to reduce it's all good stuff if you're listening and you're wondering how to improve your inspections or the sorts of inspections that you should or could be doing and you'd like some advice get in touch mm, yeah right thanks good one thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the sophie's group We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. 
visit us at sofeast.com. That's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share because it will really help others discover us too.